0: From Susan G. Komen, this is Real Pink, a podcast exploring real stories, struggles, and triumphs related to breast cancer. We're taking the conversation from the doctor's office to your living room. Welcome to another powerful episode of the Komen Health Equity Revolution podcast series. Each month, we invite patients, community organizations, healthcare partners, researchers, and policy advocates to spark conversations about strategies and solutions that drive the health equity revolution forward for multiple populations experiencing breast health inequities. Black women are more likely to be diagnosed with breast cancer at a younger age, at later stages, and with more aggressive types of breast cancer than white women. This makes knowing your family health history crucial and potentially life saving. Ricky Fairley, a 12 year late stage breast cancer survivor, is joining us on the show today to talk about the importance of normalizing conversations around breast cancer, particularly for younger women. Ricky was a guest on our show back in 2020, and we are thrilled to have her back. Ricky, welcome back. To the show. Hey,
1: Adam. Hey, hey, was it that long ago? Wow.
0: I, you know, it's funny. Like, I, I read that and, and I thought the exact same thing. I was really? like, really? Does it? I feel like it's because 2020 is this black hole that none of us really right. quite remembers. You know? We were like stuck it's, in the house. Yeah,
1: I go anywhere
0: and- Yeah, like I know I was stuck in the house for a year, but I can't really remember all that much of being stuck in the house for a year. You know what I mean? It's, I don't, it's a I don't weird really
1: champ. remember when we got out either. I don't Even, either. I, don't either. But I was well, getting the vaccine, but we still didn't get out.
0: No, no, no. Yeah, it's like, it's like I've just now emerged in so many ways. So, well, Ricky, it's so good to see you again. Uh, for those maybe that, that didn't catch your first episode with us, let's start with your breast cancer story. Uh, can you give us an overview of kind of your I- initial diagnosis?
1: Sure, sure, sure. So I was a typical working mom, crazy person, the breadwinner for my family, the rainmaker for my ad agency that I work for. And um, and I went in for my annual checkup, which I actually did two months ago. I was pretty religious about it because my mom is a survivor. And so my, my baby daughter, Haley, who now is my boss, she was away in, in China for the summer. So I said, OK, you know what? I'm just going to wait till she comes home. I was really busy. I was traveling a lot. And we'll just go together and do all the appointments, the dining, the dentist, all the stuff when she gets home. And so we kind of put all the stuff into one week. And so my doctor of found a lump under my nipple. Had I been doing self exams, which I wasn't, um, I probably would have found it. Hmm. And, um, and all of a sudden, bam, 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 you go through all the stuff, you know, sonogram, all this things, mammogram, and, um, and yes, Ricky, you do have breast cancer. And not only do you have breast cancer, you have triple negative breast cancer.
2: Hmm.
1: So I was diagnosed with stage three A. I had a double mastectomy, I did six rounds of standard of care chemo, I did six weeks of radiation, I was told, okay, you're now no no evidence of disease, come back in two months for a scan, I came back two months later, almost exactly a year to the day of my first diagnosis, and they found five spots on my chest wall, my doctor said, which is very typical of triple negative breast cancer, it comes back within a year, my doctor said, okay, Ricky, um, I don't really have anything more for you, you have two years to to live, get your affairs in order. And I said, Well, I can't really die right now. I have a daughter at Dartmouth. I got to pay tuition. So, me, you, and God, and some drugs or something, we got to get something, we got to work this out. And I learned pretty quickly that I was only her third patient with triple negative breast cancer. The other two had died in nine months. And she really didn't know what to do. She was a young oncologist. And so I realized I was going to have to get some help on my own. And so I went to Dr. Google, and um, everything says, You're going to die, you're going to die, you're going to die fast. You're triple negative, you're going to die. And on the third page of Dr. Google, I found the triple negative breast cancer foundation I was pretty young at that time. And I called my, my dear, dear friend, to Haley Dinnerman. she's my dear friend now, my sister, I'm another mother, but so I'm gonna find you a doctor. And there were probably about one of about five docs uh, in the country researching triple negative and and really you know, digging into the disease and, and just happened to be in my neighborhood at Emory of in Atlanta. And I went to Dr. Ruth O'Regan, who was an incredible, incredible oncologist. And she said, "Okay, I'm going to put you on some experimental drugs, which were carboplatin and gemcitabine, which were still, dr- you know, um, not not approved for triple negative yet. And we'll see what happens. And so I did a lot more chemo on these experimental drugs, and I didn't die. And it's been 12 years. Wow! So, so I know God left me here. This is my God job. I know God left me here to do this work, and I've been an advocate, crazy advocate, ever since. So I'm very."
0: Such a fantastic, fantastic, and I, and I forgot you're in Atlanta. So you went to Emory. I'm, I'm also in Metro Atlanta. So go to Emory. Oh, okay. uh, well, know, I don't live there 20, anymore, so, but that's where yeah. I
1: lived when I was sick, and that's why. Yeah.
0: Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. Yeah, well, yeah, Emory, live- Emory's is a great, a great place to be able to go. So very fortunate. So, 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 uh, so, do you have any history of breast cancer in your family?
1: Yes. Yeah, so my mom had stage zero ER positive, and we hmm. learned after I had been after I was sick that my my mom's aunt died at age 42. And mm. my mom was only nine at the time. So she really didn't remember. And my grandmother never talked about it. You know, they didn't talk about stuff back then.
2: Yeah. And
1: it wasn't until like a few years later that my mom's aunt on the other side of the, that her family, she was 98. And she called me one day and said, Ricky, I know I see you like doing all the breast cancer stuff. You know, you know, your aunt Louise had breast cancer
2: mm.
1: and that joggled jogged my mother's memory. And then she remembered her aunt dying, and, wow. and, uh, but it took us to figure that out. Right. And, um, and now, what we've learned over the years, I don't have any genetic mutations. You know, I've had genetic testing, but for Black women, a family history is just as equivalent, pretty much. Yeah,
2: yeah. And
1: so we have now three generations. So actually, my oldest daughter, um, she has three babies, two, four, and six, and she's having a prophylactic mastectomy on the twenty-sixth of mm-hmm. February. She's yeah. gonna, you know, do the do the work to save herself from this. I'm glad,
0: glad she's being proactive. She's got a, a great role model in you for for taking good care of herself. So. Um, so talk to me a little bit about that moment where, you know, you said you you had it, uh you went through the treatments and then a year later, you know, you got the results that it's, it's back, right? Talk to me about that moment. You found out it had spread. What was that like for you and how how did you handle that?
1: So you know what? I kind of had I had I have undying faith. I mm-hmm. I, I I literally I said, Okay, God, we're jumping off this clip. You know what I have to do with with my kid. Like mm-hmm. so let's go. I totally I totally relinquished relinquished my faith, But that day, I think, was the one of the few days that I actually cried. Mm. I went home. So I went home from the doctor. And that was one of the few times I was actually alone at the doctor. Mm. Because my doctor called me and said, I was out to lunch with a friend. And she called me and she said, um, I have some news for you. Um, can you come to the office tomorrow? And I said, well, well, tell me, what is it? And she said, well, why don't you come to the office? I said, well, I'm coming to the office now. Are you there? Like, I don't want to wait until tomorrow. Right, yeah, right. So I got in my car and I went there alone. And I'm looking back. My friends were always with me. Somebody was always with me. The doctor, my daughters, my friends, somebody. And I went by myself for the first time. So now I'm walking out of the office thinking. So I literally I went home, um, and um, I I got I had my one of my a different car with me. I went home and I took my my car, and I drove to the Nissan dealer and I bought a I bought a Z. I bought a sports car. (laughs) Like that day, like that that very. What that. And then I drove the sports car to SAC and I bought some, um, red bottom shoes. And then I went home. And so my daughter came home like, mom, where's the car? Like, bust your mind. Well, I bought a new car. Like, mom, we have three people in our house. You only have a car that fits two people. Like, (laughs) what are you going to do? And so, but that was my instinct at the moment. I'm just going to go spend money. Right. That's
0: i've never i i never have heard anyone say like that's kind of amazing so did you did you, i gotta ask did you keep the car
1: so i kept the car for a year okay for a year and then after i finished my treatment and i was okay, my daughter's like mom the car has to go you need a grown-up car you're a grown woman you have you know two people you need two daughters we can't fit in the car and i'm not going to squeeze in the back anymore yeah so my daughter literally took my car and bought a suv
0: I got to say, I love your choice. Like, that's the car I would have gone and bought. Like, right? Like, that. that's the car. Like, that's literally, that's the first, that's the one I would have gone and bought too, right then. Like, that's yeah, it. I bought so, a stick.
1: I was like, I yeah. was hopping those gears, man. I was flying a lot of
0: stuff. You are like, so my hero right now. Oh my <laughs> gosh. I love that. Okay. Oh, I wow. know, you
1: know, my uncle, so my uncle, my uncle was 17 when I was born. So he was right. basically a child. I grew up. And so he had, he first read, the first Z. When we oh. that? And I was, I had just learned to drive. And so he taught me how to drive a stick and pop gears.
0: Yeah. That's the my, best,
1: you know? And so I, never I, I, I drive a I stick stand. to
0: this day, but I yeah. drive a stick in a very slow uh, four cylinder car, unfortunately. So, <clears throat> you know, <laughs> yeah,
1: but, but no, I, I, I had a stick really until then, but, but, um, yeah. but yeah, I want to, I wanted to buy my uncle's car. That's what I
0: did. That's amazing. I've always wanted a Z. That's amazing. Okay. Cool. Well, all right. Mo- moving on from moving my on. own, from, from my own desires to have a, have a sports car. Uh, So, so I imagine. So, you found out, you got your, you know, your second diagnosis. Uh, You you went and bought an amazing car, Um, and then I would imagine your mind went to your daughters. So, like, talk a little bit about that. I mean, I know you you said your daughter's doing some some proactive stuff right now. So, I'd love love you to just talk about like what how this has affected them, their screening, their approach to their health in general.
1: So, they are. I have two daughters. They are now. When I was sick, they sick. They were nineteen and twenty six. They're seven years apart. Mm -hmm. So, they're now thirty one and thirty eight. Um, and Haley, the younger one, she actually was at Dartmouth. And so she actually took the semester off and stayed home with me and was my caregiver. Mm. Amanda, the older one was working in the Obama white house at the time. Yes. Wow. She her Obama from her sophomore year at Dartmouth. They both went to Dartmouth. And so she came home as often as she could, but she was at every doctor's appointment with me on FaceTime or, some, or you know, on, on conference call or something. So, yeah. so they were very involved in my care as well as a bunch of my friends, which I can even talk about, but, but it made them, I mean, Amanda, for the person was, this going to happen to me when I was one of her first statements. I don't know. And so we're going to take every precaution. And so literally Amanda has now, you know, they both got married. Haley just got married, but Amanda had three kids. And so She's like, okay, mom, I'm ready now. Cause they, back then I said, okay, we're cutting off all the boobs when when you're ready. And so I'm ready now. And so, but the process has been crazy for them. Mm. It's, so she started trying to get her first mammogram at age 37 last June. It took months. Wow. Haley has been trying to get a mammogram for at 31 for about the same time. Mm. And every, and, and basically you make the appointment online. When you get to the age thing, they, they knock them out.
2: Mm, and so
1: i had to pull a lot of strings with my doc friends to get them scanned and we ended up getting what we call what's called a bexa scan and it's kind of an it's been around for 20 years but it hasn't been popularized yet but it's kind of like a um a sonogram they rub a little mouse looking thing over your boob and it's better for dense breasts and guess what women under 40 can get it because right now the screening guidelines are not in favor of black women if you read the prime fine print there are no guidelines for black women because we're considered high risk and there are no high risk guidelines Hmm. and 40 is too late for black women. uh, And we talked about some of the stats, but, but anyway, so they went through a long process to get, to get to the point to be able to have surgery to get the insurance to cover it and, and go through hoops. But so when I, when I first got sick, when I had my first mammogram, they found, um, Calcium deposits on my left breast, mm. which I ended up having surgery to take out. At that time, no one, no one, no one said anything about uh, you're at risk for breast cancer. Nobody. Mm. Told me. Wow. Looking back now, you know, like and so I went on with my life, right? Right. So now, as Amanda has gone through this process, she actually has two benign cysts in her left breast from her, from the, all the screening that she's had. So she's following the pattern that I followed almost mm. years ago. So at least she has the benefit of that knowledge. To be able to even get a, get a mammogram, so she's getting a double mastectomy, getting a mastectomy in a couple of weeks, and she's getting nipple sparing surgery, and it's all about the beauty of the boobs and resensation re- sensation. Now we have they have you know resensation technology where you can still feel your nerves, and so all the way this technology, but it was crazy to get to the point to be able to get the surgery because yeah. they're 40. Um, yeah, wow. and so so Haley's still struggling to get a mammogram. They Mm. have had VEX scans, and and, um, but just their awareness of it is because we talk about it.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's that's so
1: important. You know, Cohen did some did a research study with the Ad Council a few years back, and it identified that ninety two percent of Black women are aware of breast cancer. Hello, right. Twenty five percent of Black women actually talk about it with their friends and family, but only seventeen percent actually act on the risk.
0: Mm. And so we got to raise that number.
1: we got to change that number. And and you quoted some of the the data earlier, but black women ages 20 to 29 have a 53% higher incidence rate of breast cancer than white women. Black women 30 to 39 have a 15% greater incidence rate. And black women under 35 are getting breast cancer at twice the rate, dying at three times the rate. And so waiting to get your first mammogram at 40 is just unacceptable. It's unacceptable.
0: Yeah. Wow. So, all right. So, so let's talk more about your advocacy work because, uh, that's, that's obviously kind of where we're headed here. Um, what, I mean, you just mentioned a lot of the disparities. Are there any other disparities that you've found
1: over time that you want to talk about? Well, so many, so I had triple negative, guess what? 40% of triple negative patients are under the age of 40. Wow. Okay. So it's really bad for young women and young black women and and black women get triple negative breast cancer at three times the rate of white women. Wow. And that's you know the worst one. So treatment options and highest mortality rate. And so I'm a miracle. And so I need to spread that word. I know that, you know, it's my God job. And so last year we launched this campaign. Can you see my shirt for the love of my girls? Um, Oh, I love love that. And, G- Girl spelled G-U-R-L-S. And it's basically, we reached out to young women and we talked to them. We have this great advisory board of young women. And, um, they're all different phases of young women. So, so, you know, we have a couple of young moms that are, that are 25 and a young mom that's 35. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you sort of yeah. get all the gamut of every college students, grad students, young moms, young married couples, and, you know, uh, the, the gamut of women. And, um, and we said, well, what do you want to know? Is it scary? To know that you could die of breast cancer in your 20s and they said you know what we want to know the facts but we don't want to focus on the facts so make it so we launched this fun campaign and it's all like funky colors and it's kind of like a retro 70s look we have all like green and orange and yellow and, and it's not pink and um and we just do cool things like tomorrow we're having a roller skating party in dc Nice, I so, love that. And it's all about awareness, but it really has three three tenets. One of them is br- black breast health. Black mm. breast health is different. If black breast cancer is different, then be- ha- your health is different. And you have to look at mm. things. Certainly, your risks are different. So understand yeah. that. Know that as a as a foundation. And then know your her story. Know your her. And we have a great worksheet tool you can get on our website, loveofmygirls and um and it's, you can sit down with both grandmas and fill this out. And you know, black families, we don't talk about health, so it, it helps you help you give tools. So how do you how do you talk to these grandmas who may not be forthcoming with the information, and help you sort of guide guide that conversation with your grandmas yes.
2: to yes. understand yes. your yeah.
1: history. I met a family um, um at a conference earlier this year, and last late last year, where the daughter was 38. She had stage three triple negative. She didn't find out that both of her both her mom and her aunt had had triple negative breast cancer in the last two years and none of them knew it. The, the wow. sisters didn't talk to each other until wow. the daughter and niece got it. Isn't that crazy? Wow. But that's, that's what happens. Yeah. That's crazy. So that's what we're trying to foster these conversations to know your, her story. Yeah. And the last thing is make breast health an act of self care. So when you go to get your nails done, check your breasts, like make it part of your girly routine. Yeah. I like or that. Yeah. Pick the day of the month where you're going to do something, get your nails done, go out to lunch with the girls, whatever but yeah. make it part of your self-care routine. That's a yeah. self-care act. So that's mm-hmm. kind of the three propositions we're educating. And we're just, I like to say, we go where black women live, work, play, pray, and slay with events. And, you know, we're, you know, we walk the beach in bikinis and all over the place. We do festivals, hair shows, all kinds of things that are not health fits. Because when you go to health fits, you're preaching to the choir. We're going where the women are and hanging out.
0: Oh yeah. I and didn't think catching, about that. Yeah, We're great. catching
1: them off guard saying you know talk about this and, and talk about your mom and we have um an hbcu internship program so we have about 10 to 15 interns every semester and um and they do our tiktok and we oh i love that we give them info i have i don't even know what looks like but but um but they do our tiktok they do our instagram we do a lot of instagram lives with them and they educate their families their yes. families um and their friends and we have them do a poll on instagram at the beginning and the end so they can see the impact that they make, and they're so proud of themselves because in most circumstances that this is the first time they've ever talked to their moms about foods
0: mm, yeah. but we have
1: these great videos of them talking to their moms explaining breast health to their moms
0: and it's very cool and so i mean so important it's so important and, and, yeah. and i mean to your point i think you said it earlier like knowing your breast health history your family history is one of the most important things you can possibly do to 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 know you know your health trajectory, right? Right, right. Um, Take an action
1: uh, like Amanda is, yeah, you know, and that yeah. and and help save yourself.
0: Yeah, that's right. So so talk a little bit about, you know, you've got you mentioned uh, your daughters. I think you mentioned grandchildren. I don't remember if they were granddaughters or not. They're all three uh, girls. Oh man. Okay. Well so how like talk about how that how does that fuel your passion for this work?
1: They are my purpose. My grandbabies, they're two, four and six. And I'll tell you a grandma story. So my grandma name is Debbie, lovey, Debbie. They call me Debbie. So, and I live at the beach. I live in Annapolis on the water. And so, so we're always naked, you know, wearing bikinis. So we're in the shower. This was a year ago now. We're in the shower. So so Belle was five and the baby was still nursing. And so she's like, so Debbie, how come you don't have those things on your boobs that baby heart sucks on? Because I have no nipples. So I spent the next hour explaining everything to her at mm. and i showed her pictures of my boobs i showed her everything i'm doing i showed her like i showed her what we were doing for touch at touch and so and you know they absorb what they absorb and mm. so so and i said you know what, Belle, we're never going to talk about this again we're going to close this chapter so now you know everything i know and it's over because mm. i don't want them to talk about it yeah. and so of course she went to school the next day and told her her class that her grandma has fake boobs but that's okay you know so she took away from it <laughs> so,
2: yep, yep.
1: But, yep. And every now and then she'll like, come see your fake book, BMW. But, but, but I want, I want it to go away. And, and, and so that's why so much of our work is working on advancing the science. And we mm. pretty much work with all the breast cancer, all the pharma companies that make breast cancer drugs to help them. Recruit black women for clinical trials. Change how they talk about clinical trials to get more black women into the research, so we can get better drugs. Because the drugs we have just aren't working for us. Mm. And but I don't want them to think about breast cancer. And I want to put myself out of a job. Like when they have boobs, like we got about ten years before they get boobs. And I want to be fired. I want all yeah. of us to be fired from this work. Yeah. And that they don't have to deal with it. So, mm. so I challenge our pharma buddies every day. Like you got You're working for my granddaughters bring it. it You know,
0: that's great. That's great. All right. So, so last question, um, what would be your, your words of advice, your words of wisdom to young black women that might not yet be aware that they're at risk of developing breast cancer in their lifetime?
1: Yeah. The same three things we're talking about with, with love of my girls, know your body, know your normal, you know, it better than anyone. And, and, you know, your boobs are going to change over time, but But know your body, know what they look like, stand in front of the mirror, look at them, feel them, touch them, get familiar with them. And so if something abnormal happens, you can recognize it because so many young women will go to the doctor and present with a lump and get get dismissed. Oh, you're only 20, you're only 25, come back in six months. And in six months, they're metastatic. And so be able to say, you know what, this was not here a month ago because I felt it a month ago. And, And stand up for yourself and demand the care that you deserve. Don't walk away from those appointments like that. And then know your her story. Talk to your grandmas. And make it a conversation in your household. You know, talk about it at the, at the kitchen table, at the dinner table. And say, you know, let's talk about boobs today. And you're going to catch people off guard, but start the conversation. And then make it an act of self-care. You know, think about a, a good time when you're going to do something fun, whether go to brunch with your girls or have a dance party or whatever. Um, and make it that's part of your your self care routine. Hmm. Love that. I
0: love that. Well, Ricky, this has been a great conversation from your immaculate taste in cars to your passion for <laughs> for your daughters and your granddaughters, and and honestly, just thank you so much for the advocacy work you're doing. Um, it's so inspiring. and Your story is inspiring, and I, I really appreciate you joining us on the show today.
1: Thank you so much. One more thing, real quick. You know, we have last in the last year year and a half, we have signed up sixteen thousand black women for clinical trials and, wow and it's not enough we but we need to advance science and so yeah, that's another that's focus right. so that's if you right. have an opportunity to participate in a trial take it
0: that's right that's right so important so for the whole community it's so important Whole
1: community it really is
0: that's right and thank you for joining us on another episode of the komen health equity revolution podcast series We will continue to galvanize the breast cancer community to support multiple populations experiencing breast health inequities to advance and achieve breast health equity for all because ending breast cancer needs all of us to learn more about health equity at Susan G. Komen. Please visit Komen.org forward slash health equity. Thanks for listening to real pink, a weekly podcast by Susan G. Komen. For more episodes, visit realpink.coman.org, And for more on breast cancer, visit Komen.org. Make sure to check out at Susan G. Komen on social media. I'm your host, Adam. You can find me on Twitter at AJ Walker or on my blog, adamjwalker.com.